We all need connection, you know. We need to get to know people, you know. When customers come here, I go to the table. I want to ask them, you know, question. I want to know where they're from, you know. I want to want them to reveal something about them that I don't know. And I think that's that's powerful and that allows you to 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 understand things that you don't know. And that's powerful to me. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. A year and a half ago, the world was very different. Many of us traveled to discover new places, immerse ourselves in different cultures and enjoy the culinary delights all across the globe. The conversation and celebration of food globally has changed dramatically in the last decade and food has the power to bring us all together. But the pandemic stopped everyone and everything in its tracks. What impact has the pandemic had on food globally. Dominique Crenn is the co-owner and chef of three Michelin-starred Atelier Crenn, Petit Crenn and Bar Crenn in San Francisco. Dominique, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good morning. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. The last year and a half has been um, pretty devastating for everyone across the globe and particularly on the food industry. What's the current situation uh, where you are in the U.S.? Well, I we are located in um, in the in the west part of of California, which is um, in California in the west part of America. So we are in San Francisco. We we were one of the te- the state where that have been struggling very much. We were closed for uh, almost a year. Wow! And we just yeah yeah we just reopened. Um, we just reopened about a month ago, and so uh, little by little, um, things are happening. Um, but it's you know, it's just you know, it's it's been a year of really a deep reflection um, of what really matter in this world, and it just also expose how. This this planet is pretty weak, and and the weakness come from uh, the, the the doing of us human, you know, and and it's uh, and and we have to we have to tell the truth about this because if we continue and go back to where we were before, um, I, I don't think this is the right way, you know. And I know, I know you guys in Australia so far is. Uh, with with the fire, um, which was terrible, and I, you know, that we also had that year, even during the pandemic. So um, it's been going on. So it, it, it's you know, as as a human, I think you, it, it, it's. It, I hope this pandemic help people to really reflect on what matters and what we can do to do better and and better surrounding, better be more communing with nature and nature commune us back with us and and be conscious and thoughtful, you know. Um, Yes, food bring people together, but also food is uh, a convenience and, and that convenience is just really um uh, went to the extreme and you know unfortunately this is you know that you know in a way and i don't want to be you know in a way that perhaps we needed something like that to happen to wake us up you know and 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 what i'm saying this is 
you know, being having twins, they just turned seven, fraternal twins, they just turned seven uh, Saturday, the May 1st. And then you, you know, they, they've been living on the farm. So we have a farm that is four acres, you know, all organic, regenerative, regenerative farms, you know, so this is kind of the beauty. But um, you look at those little ones and you're like, I, I, I don't want to leave the world the way it is today. I have to do my work to do to make sure that things are better. And, and then, you, you know, in the United States, you see, you know, the people here scrambling. Uh, health was a very huge issue during COVID, and then you re- you realize that health is connected to the way that we eat and the way that we produce, and you know, so everything came around a circle. And and then now is we have such an incredible opportunity to do so much better, and 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 it's hard because when you haven't worked for a year. I mean, we've been working, we've been um, uh, taking care of the community and, 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 you know, the homeless population in San Francisco is crazy. So I've been, we've been doing about 2,000 meals a week from one of the restaurants. And I'm going to continue this. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm going to, I think I'm opening um, just for them uh, a really cool um, uh, kind of a, a restaurant on wheel and I'm going to make this place the best place in the city and that's going to be for them and people are going to talk about it and they're going to come and, and they're going to pay for it and the money will go back to the community so but it's you know I'm exhausted I'm really exhausted and 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 I just want people to join and, and realize that you know everything starts at home and with your loved one and, and let's be more conscious and happy and and you know, let's not demand things that we can't we can't have. But let's let's eat the things that we have around us, you know, and and make you know great food and and help the farmers around you, and and not think that we have to be uh, in high demand of commercial food when we can make food around us, even if it's not, you know, the typical menu that you will get every day. Well, food is food. And if it's delicious and if it's grow with love, I think, you know, people would be such in a better place, you know. But I'm very optimistic. So this is where I am today. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said it's a year of deep reflection. You're one of the world's very best chefs and most influential. Um, you've won many accolades. Uh, how how has the last year and a half changed your approach towards cooking and restaurants and the way you see yourself moving forward? Well, I mean, you know, you know, we've been working on this this message and and we've been doing the work for a long, long time. I remember in, uh, I think it was in two thousand eighteen. I I, I um, uh, uh, literally sent a wake up call for every uh, chef in the industry all over the world to wake up and to understand the way that the way we need to cook food the way we need to grow food so that was in 2018 and um you know i've been um an advocate of of better farming and better food and better quality and for almost 30 years so at the beginning you know it's interesting a lot of people thought i was i was crazy and I was why are you doing this and 
I did this because I had values when I, you know, the way that I grew up, my parents gave me incredible values. They come from farmers. Both of them were, came from farmers. And I, and I saw the, the hard work and the love and the care and the consciousness about um, how they were working the land, but not just working the land to work the land, but to work the land because they knew the way they were working the land, they wanted to also uh, uh, give back to nature for nature to help them to have a better land, you know. So it's it's kind of, you know, this is the way I grew up and I felt that year, this, that was my journey to do this. And... and it's happening. I think people are waking up. I, it's it's been great for few chefs that I've talked to, and a lot of I've reached out also that you know we want to do better, we want to cook better. And said, like, well, change your menu, look what you have around you, and and don't 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 look what is out of reach. You know, help the community of farmers. Those farmers are amazing. Don't go buy to you know things from a. A corporation that is out of state, you know, just just reinvest within your community and and be creative, you know. If you you know cook from your heart, and people will come and 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 to your restaurant, you know, people don't come. Oh yeah, don't come to your restaurant because you have a steak on the menu, or that's not what people want in general. They want to know the story of the chef. Cook cook from your heart and cook the things that is is they you know where they come from and it's thought out so i think we're going to see more of that and i love that i think we're going to see more uh you know menu that is going to be um uh, literally plant-based menu for sure um you know once again you know i'm not vegan i'm not vegetarian but also my menu is very much uh, driven by vegetable and i'm just i, I just serve serve some fish around but it's mostly mollusk from this area and maybe a fish or two. But I'm also, you know, asking myself the question, you know, also with what's going on in the ocean, you know. And sometimes you're going to have to go to the extreme to be able to rebalance where we are today. And if we can all do a little bit of work and be conscious, that's it, you know. I think everybody would do their part, you know. is I know it's difficult to change everything, but just, you know, even in people you know, eating a habit, you know, do you want, you know, to go to a fast food restaurant? And I know it's, it's, it's cheaper. We understand that. And, or maybe you can go to the market, maybe start to cook for your family. I don't know. I just, you know, there's a lot of way that we can readjust the way that um, we, we live because, you know, it's not sustainable. It is not sustainable. We have more people on Earth, going to have million, million more people on Earth in the next few years. But the Earth doesn't get bigger. <laughs> it's shrinking, you know. It's, um, you know, it's, we, I don't know. I just, for me, it's common sense. And um, I was, you know, I was talking to uh, this um to this fisherman the other day and his, his, his family has been fisherman for forever, you know, and it's really interesting, you know, when they tell me the story, uh, they see things differently, they see, and it's, it's happening in front of us and we're not paying attention, you know, and so, um, and the restaurant industry 
you know, I think is one of the most powerful industry. But I think sometimes we are cut up um, to make money because it's hard, you know, to make money. But I think what we need to do is to uh, not be invisible anymore and, and, and speak up and 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 hopefully the government will help us also in a way and, and make program with them and and see hey we are here you know and and work with us because we also employed you know over 16 million in america four percent of the gpd work with us you know um so that's you know we need to work together instead to work separately to be able and you know I, you know, I always say that, um, you know, eating is an act of activism. When you go to a place and then you spend your money to buy something, spend it very well. You need to know where that money goes. And that's an act of activism. And that's, this is, you can even spend five bucks. But you give that five bucks to whoever give you the food or drinks or whatever, but you know where that money comes from, going. And if that person's doing the right thing and working with people and trying to do the right thing, you know that you invest that money very wisely. And if we all do that, eating is an act of activism, not, you know, not radical activism, but we have to, you know, we earn that money just Let's spend that money in a way this is also sustainable, you know. But that's that's maybe maybe because my dad was a politician. That's the way that I'm listening. That, that I'm kind of thinking with a bachelor in economy. But this is, you know, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a politician. I'm not. But I think for me it's a common sense. You know, it makes sense to do this because when you think about this, when you um. Uh, when you study the um, indigenous people, which, you know, the way they, they live, it's amazing. They're exactly doing that, you know, and it's sustainable on their own. You know, unfortunately, us, we try to the Western civilization of pushing them away. But we got to learn mm-hmm. from them because they got the answer, you know. You mentioned uh, your family um, came from farmers and your father was a politician as well. Can you take us back to um, your childhood and the role that food played in your life? Yes. So, um, so as you know, I'm sure if you read my book or know a little bit about me, I was, I was abandoned uh, when I was six months old outside of Paris. I was born in Versailles. I was put in into an an orphanage, and luckily, I uh, those wonderful people were looking for a little girl because they already adopted my brother. I mean, a little boy, and um, I didn't stay in the orphanage a long time. A long time, so which is great. So I grew up in a beautiful, uh, loving uh, family. My so we used to go back um, during the summertime to Brittany, which where my parents, my dad and my mom are from. My dad passed away, but we're from. And both for the both family were uh, very much, were farmers. One was dealing with a potato farm and then some chicken. And uh, on the, my father's side, it was uh, also vegetable, but also um, they had some uh, pigs and they had some cows. And so it was very, you know, very rural, but 
food was everything and and literally they they eat the the food from the farm so I kind of grew up with that and you know my mom we had a garden and so everything was very much um, farm to table and you know luckily I was born in France and France is pretty good also as far as food Um, and you know, my my dad, my my the best friend of my dad was at the time a very famous food critic, and because of my dad also, you know, work. You know, my dad loved food, and I I kind of grew up going in a lot of amazing restaurants, very young age, and I was just so taken by it, the the symphony of it, and 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 once again, you know, you those restaurants, you know, if you go in a restaurant in Brittany, they will use you know, everything that is growing in Brittany. You know, if you go in Lyon, it's the Lyon area. If you go in south of France, they will use whatever is that area. So it's very, it's the time and place. So I really understood, you know, that there's something you can get in, in, in you know, Les Andouilles de Caron, which is a, a one of the worst things that I ever put of my mouth, but it's, it's a very <laughs> classic of Brittany. It's so stinky. But you can't get that in the south of France, you know, or you can't get, you know, uh, well, you can get the courtyard, like you can't get um, the seafood, the bouillabaisse in Brittany. Well, you get, we get the courtyard, but it's a little bit different if it's made with potato. And so, you know, the time and place, you test literally the terroir of things. So that's where I grew up in this. And, and I was fascinated in uh, the symphony of it and, and the care and the love. And my mom was a great cook. My grandmother was amazing. And, you know, it's something that, you know, it's a part of your culture. You know, it's not just at six or seven o'clock, you go, you sit at the table and you eat. It's just, it's a part of, you know, every day. It's like, it's in your DNA. And I didn't go to cooking school. I, um, I study international business, and then I had an, uh, I got a bachelor in economy, and um, I was very creative also in a way, and I felt that France was um, a bit bureaucratic for me. I needed to express myself perhaps differently. Um, you know, I was writing, I was uh, doing a lot of things very artistic, um, and I felt that I needed to be anchored in a place where I could um, blossom, not feel that because of the bureaucracy, bureaucracy of my environment, I had to stay for a long time be- before to earn my place, you know, because that's what, how it works in France, you know, uh, you start... At, a, at, a t- at an age and you have to really show yourself for a long time before you get to a place where I'm like, no, I'm, I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> so I came to, um, I came to San Francisco and I fell in love with the Bay Area. And then I just like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And then food was the things that I went to. And I decided to, okay, so how I'm going to do this? I've never went I never went to school about, so I'm going to w- try to work with the best chef, somebody that could be very interesting. So this is when I, I found uh, Chef Jeremiah Tower, and I fell in love with him, with his cooking, with his philosophy, and he was different than just a French brigade and all that. It was all about 
the farmers and the surrounding and all that. And I connected with this. I didn't want to be in a hard kitchen where people were getting yelled at. And <laughs> and then, you know, we're still friends today. It's amazing. And then I learned from him. And then as I tried to learn as much as I could, different seating, you know, different restaurants, hotels, which was not my favorite, but I knew that I needed to do things that perhaps I didn't like to be able to get that knowledge. And then um, in 2009, uh, I was working for the Intercontinental Hotel. I was opening this restaurant and for them in San Francisco. And I had um, really, um, I had a crazy accident. Um, I was, it was, we were in the, in, 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 you know, in the opening phase of it. And so I was walking, I don't know, 100 hours a week and tired. And, and then I came home, I think I remember I came home at 1 a.m. in the morning and I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna, I have to jump in the shower. And so I jumped in my bathtub with the shower and somehow I, f I felt and I slide my, t my tendon literally in half. So my leg, like, I know it was, it was like, crazy accident. It was a new building, you know, and they have like those, you know, porcelain, you know, soap holder, you know, like all of that. And somehow the way that I felt that my knees hit it so hard that it just totally opened up my, my legs and my tendon was literally sliced in half. My leg was <laughs> in half. It was just, it was just the skin under it that was holding it. And I th yeah, I think I lost uh, conscious for 15 minutes. Uh, then I opened my eyes. I knew I couldn't get out of the bathtub. Um, so I grabbed uh, my phone. That was somehow next to the bathtub because I think, you know, when you're tired, you just throw things right there. The first person that I called was my pastry chef, Juan Contreras. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't answer because he was late. And so I called, um, yeah, I called 911 and they came and they didn't understand what was going on. And then I went to the hospital, they put me on morphine. And then I woke up in the morning and the doctor looked at me and, and, and he said, you know, I think you know how lucky you were. And I said, like, what are you talking about? So well, you, you cut yourself, you were like about one inch of one of the artery. And I'm like, you could have lost a lot of blood. I was like, and that woke me up. And then I was like, I have nothing to lose. And I wanted to, I need to do something, to do something that bring me joy, but also to give back to others. And this is how Atelier Crane came into play. Uh, with the values of my my dad and Juan and I, we we like we have to create a space where people can come, uh, feel feel safe, but also they have a name, but they also have a creative a space, and they, they, their voice are heard, and also a space where we are communing back with nature, and we don't just take but give back, and that was that's what I, I call it atelier crane also because it's workshop, you know and. And then 10 years later, I mean, people thought, that, what is she doing and all that. And I love I love when people say that. That makes me want to do more. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, with a lot of humility, I was just doing the things that I thought that 
you know, I wanted to do that made me feel good. You know, money was not, was not, you know, I didn't care about money. I had my little studio with my dog and, you know, I just said, I was just, I wanted to be happy and happy and make other people happy. That's what's, that was, that was really important to me. And then 10 years later, so we're just celebrating 10 years today and the rest is history. So, yeah. Well, the success of uh, Atelier Cran and yourself has been extraordinary. You've won Best Chef, um, three Michelin stars, um, in the world's top fifty by the world's top fifty. Um, yeah, absolutely extraordinary. Has the success of it surprised surprised you, and what impact has it had on you? Well, you know, I I remember the words of my father. Um, I did ask him that question one time. I said to my dad, um, I remember I was, I was at the house and it was like all those people were coming in and, uh, pretty well-known people and cars and things, you know, gift and all that. And, and I was telling my dad, it was like, wow, you're very successful. You have all of that. And he said, well, dumb. This is not success. Success uh, always come within and you need to be in the place where when you understand who you are and you get to a place of joy and you start to give back to others, this is when uh, success lie because uh, you, you put yourself also at the service of others. It's not about the materials or things like that you get and it was I was like oh wow this is really cool so this is what I've been doing you know it's what we've been doing it's things that bring us joy and give back also to others and somehow somehow you know uh, people pay that attention and and giving you know give us all those hours but for me it's a platform I'm really you know those hours doesn't define you. This is this is not success. Success is what you do with it. And I think it's been incredible and I'm so grateful to to be able to have that platform today because now I can continue the work that I started a long time ago to be able to keep, you know, speaking and giving and inspiring and being inspired. So it's uh it's um, it's pretty amazing, and I will not have been able to do this without the team that have supporting me. So we have to understand that we are, you know, successful in a way in life because you also have people that I lift you up in a way that and bring you up that way. So I just want to be also very thoughtful and and grateful to the people that have been with me for such a long time and and believe in that vision that is it's just starting you know i have so much more works to to do and and i, and I want to continue this journey until the end of my life and that's what makes me happy you're surrounded by amazing produce in california how important is your relationship with local producers for what you do well, it's um, it's been yeah we we've been we're very lucky here. Um, so seven years ago, I um, uh, my ex partner bought a, a beautiful farm, and so I've been farming there um, 
for quite a long time and we have built this incredible garden and with the farmers and and understanding you know how things come from but the farmers here in san francisco the community is amazing i just you learn so much every day about what they do and 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 it's 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 important to be connected to that and every day i just i'm, I'm just in awe of how lucky we are, chefs, to be able to get those those incredible products. And, you know, at the end of the day, a chef is someone that just, you know, sometimes just cook it and the food. But it's we need to, you know, understand that the reason why the food is so good is not because of their technique. It's because of the product that was given to them, you know. And, and, and I hope we can celebrate that. So, yes, it's extremely, extremely important. It's a, it's a community of, 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 of people that are just, just so lovely and, and they care. They care about everything they do. And I just, I, I, f- I feel grateful to be a part of it. You mentioned that crazy accident that you had um, years ago. And um, the pandemic, though, isn't the only thing as well that you've um, had a challenge to confront in the last couple of years. You were diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer. Um, what, can you tell us about that time and what the road to recovery has been like so far for you? Yeah, um, <clears throat> it was um, um, it was um, in 2019. It was in April 2019, just uh, the day before my birthday, where I I found alarm on on my breast. I'm like, what is this? It's like coming out and. And um, I was like, okay. And so I came back to San Francisco and I got tested. And and it's funny because my doctor wouldn't get back to me. And when he said he was getting back to me, so in my head, it's like, what's going on? What's going on? And then um, then I finally called, uh, got the phone call and I got uh, the word C, you know, cancer. And I was just like, um, ask him, oh my God, um, I, if I was in trouble. And he said, no, but you have a lot of work to, to do. And you also have to understand that what the type of cancer you got is it's a little bit different than the other breast cancer. They, you know, you don't have any receptor and you stage two. And so almost stage three, <laughs> and um, you're going to have to go. So the road of recovery is going to be um, difficult. So I knew that I had to go through um, a regimen that was uh, the extreme one, which is uh, 16 different um, uh, 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 chemo uh, treatment, which is was very hard on me. But, yeah, it was just... Uh, but you know what? You are also getting fast to. Uh, it's kind of the pandemic. You getting fast to a wake up call, and you have to peel the layers of yourself and and reconnect to the core of who you are. And the strength, the way you find strength, is to look around and to look at the people that you love, and <laughs> to see those two, those those eyes of those two little girls that looking at you and seeing you losing your hair and all that and but as supporting you and you're like no and then you look at my team's like 
no, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna fight it and I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna be working and I'm gonna document everything and I'm gonna be a voice out there to make sure that people understand that we can all go through that, but it's okay, you know. It was hard because, you know, my dad died of cancer, so um, I went through uh, the up and down and it was just really scary. So I had to realize that it was probably scary for others. But it's, you know, it's not easy. It's not easy. And, uh, you know, I, I had to also take, you know, the other surgery where they took both of my breasts out and I had to go through another six months of recovery. So it was a year and a half or of things and but you know and then I was like 2020 is coming in let's party (laughs) and the pandemic happened and we were like okay well I'm used to be at home (laughs) 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 but uh it was like wow it was just you know I feel lucky and I think love love definitely saves me so uh, I'm, I'm very thankful today but it just, you know, it wakes you up, you know. We're not invisible. And, and it's just really, humility is something that everybody should understand that we need to have. Because it allows you to really understand the, 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 the world around you. And if you don't have humility, then, you know, we're not making any progress out there, you know. And, and sometimes you got to go through this to be able to uh, open your eyes a little bit wider and kindness and thoughtfulness and consciousness is 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 something that is is not a weakness it's it's a strength within ourselves so it's been quite amazing to be able to develop those strength within me and now i'm just you know i'm not invincible i can but i think it's going to be hard for me to break again you know Um, you've been through a lot in the last couple of years um, and you've talked about the challenges and opportunities that lie ahead. What are, what are some of the positives to come out of the last year and a half, do you think, for um, for the industry, but also for, for humans? Well, I think for, for – I'm going to start with the, with the industry first. I think for our industry um, – what also happened, I think, um, people outside of the industry uh, understood the need of restaurant also. And I think they're going to look at this a little bit differently and be more um, kind with our industry, uh, which I think is a good thing. And, you know, I think also anything that has to do uh, with federal or state or anything like that, I think people are going to start to pay attention because they... Um, I remember there's one thing that I remember a few few days ago. It was about I think a month and a half ago. I was on the, on the phone with um, a Pelosi, um, a team uh, regarding uh, Pelosi is the speaker of of um, the House speaker here in the United States, and uh, we've been fighting uh, to get uh, fifteen dollars minimum wage across America. And then we've also been fighting uh, to uh, get um, uh, the taxes that were imposed on the wine industry in Europe uh, because of, I don't know, because they've been fighting with America. I'm not sure. 
but those those taxes, those high taxes, affected those little mom and pop restaurant where the only way they could make profit is selling wine. But because the wine got so expensive, they had nowhere. So um, uh, I was on the call with them and I said, listen, and I was just so passionate. It's like, we are, our industry is very powerful. And you think because we might not be the most profitable industry, we have people and you guys need to help us. And what happened to, to like a week after, they, they literally froze those taxes and the wine got cheaper for those people. And I thought that was amazing. So I understood the power now. We have an incredible power with the politician. And I'm, I'm not going to st- stop there. And for the $15, you know, dollars, you know, minimum wage, which should be across the country, we're going to pass it. And I know that, you know, like things like that, you know, so... Uh, and, as, and, and, and I think that's, that's what's been changing a lot. Um, um, I think a lot of also, I think the factory, uh, the factory industry has crumbled under the pandemic, uh, which is, um, you know, those industrial factorial, factory animals industry, milk industry that is very industrial, a little bit crumble again. And once again, I I never want to have people out of jobs or things like that. But it is a good thing, and maybe with that, maybe we can, maybe those industry can maybe start to be more sustainable and do things differently and do things better, which could be great. Um, so there's been a lot of wake up call also. Um, and I think human also starting to wake up. You know, I don't know what's happening in in uh, Australia, but I've never seen so many uh, places like farmer market or you know been so packed of people. Or and um, when we start to reopen, you know, small restaurant, you know, being people just go there and just they want to the support, you know, and that's been amazing, you know. Um, you know, I remember like this, this woman was like, well, I was going to go get, you know, burger, you know, for my kid, you know, like at that fast food, like at McDonald's or Burger King. But that little mom and pop, you know, they have very good burger and that's okay. I'm going to spend $2 more and I want to support them. That's amazing. So that's kind of what's happening. That's a little bit of change. <laughs> you talked about um, what success means to you and that joy that what you do has bring. But can you tell us um, what you love about what you do? Well, I mean, the first things uh, that I love about my work is to be able to um, to use uh, food as a language and also to connect with people that I don't know, to know their story and to learn and to be curious. And... I think conversation, I think, is to bring, you know, the food, bring conversation and bring togetherness and, and, and bring more understanding with each other. So that's what I love about this. Uh, that's what I love about this work. And it's, um, you know, I think if tomorrow you tell me that I'm going to be, you know, closed down in my house for the next three years seeing nobody, 
I, I wouldn't be able to do that, you know. Even if you tell me, oh, you can be on Zoom every night, I will be like, uh uh-uh. I need connection, you know. I need connection. We all need connection, you know. We need to get to know people, you know. When people, you know, when customers come here, I go to the table. I want to ask them, you know, question. I want to know where they're from, you know. I want to maybe want them to reveal something about them that I don't know. And I think that's that's powerful and that allows you to 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 understand things that you don't know and that's powerful to me well dominique we're honored to have you on uh, deep in the weeds today um absolutely inspiring and very much looking forward to seeing um what you do in the next um, couple of years uh, in regards to the industry and food and the way that we can change um, our eating and our farming habits um please keep in touch and um, we'd love to catch up with you again soon Yes, and make sure that keep dancing because <laughs> there is no beautiful world without dancing. So <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I'm, 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 I'm grateful. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we share the stories of Australia's hospital community, suppliers and producers in search of hope during this pandemic. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well.